lost, and I was like, I'll do it. But I never got to finish my sermon from last week. And so this is what good preachers do. They can have, be given a topic, and they can preach anything around <laughs> I am going to talk about save to serve the lost, but before I talk about save to serve, how many of you guys know in order to serve, you have to have the heart of a servant? Someone say amen. amen. Everybody wants the heart of a warrior. Everybody wants a heart of a leader. Everybody wants the heart of, I don't know. <laughs> they want mm, the heart of the best, the heart of the conqueror, the heart of the great. In order for you to have a heart of a warrior and a heart of a leader, you have to have a heart of a servant. And so I want to talk about the heart of a servant, save to serve the lost. And uh, which conveniently just finishes my sermon from next week, last week, which we're going through the Beatitudes. And the third Beatitude is meekness. Meekness. What is meekness? Here's where I make my little spin. Meekness is a heart of a servant. So we're gonna talk about meekness. Is that okay? I know all the strong men, all the oh, all the people who like to smoke meats. <laughs> I like to smoke. I, I mean, well, anyway, they're like oh, all the men who bench press in here, and all the engineers. in here I'm like no I wanted something strong I don't want to learn about meekness after this message you hairy backed men you're going to be like I want to be the meekest And so last week we talked about this. We talked about first, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? It is the realm of the ungrieved spirit. It is access to the spirit. It is the open heavens over your life and your soul. And then, which leads to the next one, which is blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. What does it mean to mourn? Uh, it meant to mourn over my sins, over what I have done that has displeased God. I have mourned over it, and it leads to comfort. Why? Because once you mourn over your sins, guess what? You are forgiven of your sins. You are set free from your sins, and you are not treated as a sinner. And how many of you guys know that's comforting? Which leads to the next one. Because if you have... See, each of these is like a, a ladder. If it's a process, if you have mourned, if, if you have realized that you are poor in spirit, meaning that moment you realize you are in need of God, and then you have mourned, and then it's the next one, all of a sudden, something begins to happen in your heart, and that is meekness, right? It's meekness. Now, meekness is not a personality trait. My wife is always saying stuff like, you're a nine, you're a seven, you're a six, which I'm like, I don't know what that means. I'm sure some of you have studied, and so you know. And so, and I'm not against that kind of stuff, but my, my mom called, my mom, <laughs> my wife, that tells me, that was prophetic. I have married my mother. When my wife tells me, you're this number, this number, it doesn't, I, I tell her, no, I'm not. You can't define me with a number. <laughs> this morning, my wife's like, you're such a nine. I said, well, you're a 10, baby. <laughs> She's like, ooh. <laughs> Here's the thing. Meekness, you can't be like, well, I'm a one, which I have no idea what that means. Okay, so don't. I'm a one, and because I'm a one, I have meekness. Well, I am a six, and because I am a six, uh, this fruit of the Spirit is more my fruit of the Spirit. Or I am an 11, because I am 11, I study the scriptures like this. I, I, no, you cannot. It's, it's not about what number you are. It's not, these things are not personality traits. None of the fruit, you know what I am? I am a nine fruit of the Spirit. That's what I am, baby. You know, none of these, they, 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 they can't. You, you don't get meekness by, well, I'm more like, you know, my, I, I'm gentle. I'm, uh, no, it is the result of first. 
being poor in spirit, and second, mourning over your sins. And, it is, and because you have gone through that process, you are now meek. It's not a strength of a personality. It is not, be, it's because you have gone through this process. It's just normal to come out meek. Now, meekness, it's easier described by what it is not rather than what it is. It is the opposite of self-righteous, it is the opposite of arrogance, haughtiness, smugness, and defensiveness. It is unpretentious, it's gentleness, it's sweetness, and the grace to be utterly self-effacing. It is... I don't care what people think of me. I'm not trying to be something I am not. It is not trying to put on a facade. It is, I know that I am a sinner saved by grace, and I'm not better than anybody. That is what it means to be meek. The opposite of meekness is self-righteousness. So when we think that we're better than people because we don't sin like them. Or maybe they're more sinful, therefore I am worth more than you. Or I have more skills than you, therefore my worth is more than your worth. When God looks at me, he's like, yeah. When God looks at you, he's like, nah. That's self-righteousness, right? It's when we think that we're better than people because they don't pray like us, or maybe you pray in tongues loud and strong, and you know someone who they don't pray in tongues, or they pray in weak tongues, <laughs> and so they don't know how to pray, not like me. That is self-righteous. It's or maybe it's because you think you are elect. Somebody say amen. You think that God elected you, and so you're saved. But they didn't elect this. God didn't elect them. Ha ha. I have been chosen. I am better now. I don't know. Sorry, guys. It's self-righteous. Or maybe you think, well, I look better, or I am taller, or I'm shorter. Some people love being, that's me. I'm like, yeah, I'm shorter than you. Ha ha, I'm better. I have less teeth than you. I don't have more teeth. I don't, whatever. Whatever it is that causes you to think that you are worth more or are better and, are, and that this person, just because maybe they're still, they still smoke meats or... <laughs> Whatever, sorry guys. <laughs> Whatever that causes you, it's self-righteous. But the Bible says that your own righteousness is as what filthy rags. Your own right when you that thing is stinky because I changed diapers all day and that's a filthy rag. Your own righteousness, it doesn't smell good. Your self-righteousness, like yeah, I know when my son has pooed, I know, because I smell it, not because I, I smell it. Self-righteousness, it means that there's something going on in there. And because you're self-righteous and I'm not self-righteous, I'm now better than you. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that's self-righteousness, right? You have no base in yourself to think that you are worth more or better than anybody. I like what Galatians says in, I love this. I, I laughed when I, I read this, and I know I didn't put this in the notes. I'm sorry, because I, I put this in this morning. That's how I do it. I'm sorry. I just put new things in when I like it. 
Galatians chapter 6 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back on to the right path. How do you do it? Gently and humbly. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourselves. And I love this part because it made me laugh. You're not that important. That's Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. I don't know. I, that, that, this is the New Living Translation. I looked it up in the New King James and the ESV. This is how I do it. I look it up in all the translations before I put it down. I looked it up in the Passion. I looked it up, but I, this was the funniest one because at the end it says, you are not that important. And so I just want to put that in there to remind you something. That, I, that God loves you. That's right. Anyways, um, Andrew Murray Anyone ever read Andrew Murray? Yeah. I love Andrew Murray. He says this, Men sometimes speak as if humility and meekness would rob us of what is noble and bold and manlike. Oh, that all would believe that this is the nobility of the kingdom of heaven and this is the royal spirit that the king of heaven displayed this is godlike to humble oneself and to become the servant of all. To be meek is to have the nobility of heaven because our king, the king of heaven, was a meek man. Meekness, this is what uh, R.T. Kendall says. Uh, I've been reading R.T. Kendall, Sermon on the Mount. That's the book. That's the book that this year is blowing my mind. So if you're like, I'm looking for a good book, Sermon on the Mount by R.T. Kendall. Read it and be transformed. But this is what he says. Meekness is the opposite quality the world applauds. The world applauds the search for power, wealth, and glory. Meekness is not the way political elections are won. Have you ever seen a meek politician? When I read that, I, I'm like, have I ever seen a meek? I have not. I have not. Meekness, believe it or not, is a leadership quality. So if you ever write a book, the 21 irrefutable qualities of a leader, I mean, did someone already write that? Is that a, is that a book? Yeah, yeah. If you don't write a leadership book or the characteristics of leadership, be sure to put meekness, like real leadership, be sure to put meekness in here. Because Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 26 through 30. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. That word gentle there is the same Greek word used in the Beatitudes where it says meekness. It's the same word. For I am meek, I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know what Jesus was saying right there? He was comparing himself to the Pharisees. This is what he was doing. Because we all know that the Pharisees were a self-righteous bunch. They were the leaders. They loved the position. They loved, Jesus said, they loved to be on the street corners and praying their beautiful prayers on the street corners for everyone to see. And they used their position 
for themselves to be known for money, to be seen for the power. They love the power and they, they put all these legalistic rules on the people and the people thought they had to follow them to get close to God. And then Jesus shows up and he, he says, no, 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 no. He says, come to me, you who are labor and are heavy laden. What is that labor and heavy laden? That is the religious labor and, and, and the religious weight that, uh, that religion was putting on them. And Jesus says, follow me. My burden is, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. True religion, not the genes, but true religion is easy and light. What? Wait a second. I thought, yes, there are difficult times, but in the difficult times, there's grace that gives an ease and a lightness. In surrender. There's something about surrender. He, God is, he's not saying that he's going to automatically take away the circumstances. God does that. He does that. There's times he delivers quick, but there's times he delivers slow. Come on, 400 years as a slave in Egypt? How many of you guys know that's long enough for a person to become an atheist? <laughs> but if you hold on, for one more day, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Someday somebody, no, do they know that song? I love that song. I was on this, I was on this call, the, the, one of those Zoom calls, the, the skateboard ones, the Zoom calls. And this guy, he's like, hey, if you, like, you know, I, I've been dealing for the, what, what happens if you're praying and you're just dealing with something for so long and so long, it's so hard, and it's enough to make somebody lose their faith because God is not answered. And I just had the Holy Spirit just like talk to him, just say something. And I, I said, you know what? Sometimes the Lord, he delivers in an instant. Like when Paul and Silas were put in jail and they worshiped the Lord, the, the place shook and the chains fell off, right? They were delivered in one night. How many guys, it's easy to worship the Lord after one day. Oh, yay! But the children of Israel in Egypt for 400 years groaning to the Lord, praying to God. How many guys know after 200 years I'd stop praying to God? Right? Sometimes the Lord delivers us slowly out of a thing because of his timing. But here's the thing. Even if God doesn't answer you prayer quickly, or even if God doesn't answer your prayer at all. Unanswered prayers are powerful prayers. Here's why. Because whether God, or not God says yes, or whether or not God says no, when you pray, there's interaction and communion there. there you're still touching God. And whenever you touch God, there is some type of fruit that's going to happen. So even my unanswered prayers are powerful. Wow. Anyways. And so there's this burden of re religion. And Jesus says, take my yoke, learn from me why. Because I'm not like these, I'm not self-righteous. Even though if anyone could be self-righteous, it's Jesus. Remember when Jesus says, let him who has no sin cast the first stone. And all the Pharisees dropped the stone. Legally, Jesus could have picked up the stone and went, ah, Like Elf with the, with the snowballs. He could have did that and that would have been perfectly lawful. Why? Because he was the one without sin. He had the legal right to judge. But even Jesus says, for I am meek. It's a leadership quality. It's the heart of a servant. A person who is self-righteous is quick to anger because they think that anger is strength. Right? But you know what anger is? Now, there's, I believe there's a place for it. Right? Like if you came, if some stranger came and just kicked over my daughter, and I was like, no, it's okay. 
Pastor Potts can get angry. And jujitsu will happen. <laughs> murder might happen. No, 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 no. I'm not going to take it that far. No, no murder. Just maiming. Okay, um, but anger, really, most anger, misplaced anger is, it's a loss of control. It is not strength. It's weakness. It is, you're angry because you have no control. And so you try to regain control by becoming mad. Anger is not strength. Real strength is meekness, gentleness, and a slow, slow to anger. It's true strength. It means you have genuine endurance. And you have control over your spirit. Meekness. Now, I am sharing this as one who sometimes, while I'm driving, I lose it. Sometimes. One time, I was driving, and I was singing that old hallelujah. Remember that old third day? I don't know if the third day originated, but they perfected it. Hallelujah for the Lord God Almighty. Remember that one? One time, I was driving, and someone, like, was driving slow, or they cut me off. I was like, hallelujah. Get out of my way! <laughs> hallelujah. You know that? And then I said, for the Lord God Almighty. And then I, after I said mighty, I said, oh, snap. What did I just do? <laughs> Anyone ever do that? That was years ago. I'm more meek now. <laughs> it's the heart of a leader. Because the real heart of a leader is a heart to serve. Matthew chapter 20, verse 24 through 28 in the New Living Translation. It says, when the ten other disciples heard that James and, what James and John had asked, they were indignant. James and John asked Jesus if they can sit at, you know, if they can. In fact, they had his mother. Hey, mom, can you ask Jesus if we can, you know, they. They wanted to be the best. They, they, they were jockeying for position. They wanted to be the best of the apostles. They want to be the best. They were, but whenever, when the rest of the disciples heard that they asked to be like the top disciples, they were mad. But Jesus called them together and says, you know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. I love that. Among you, it will be different. You will not have the same values as the world. You will not seek power as they seek it. You will not yield authority as they yield authority. Authority among you, it will be different. Oh, so strong when he said that. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. Wow. So if you want that promotion in your job, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Then you serve the place. You serve. If you want to have influence in your community, you serve what, what, uh, what, whatever gifts you have been given, you serve. For some reason, I have the gift to talk. For some reason, God has given me the gift, and my gift to talk is not so I can stand here and be like, look at me. My gift to talk is to serve. And can I tell you this? What happens here, up here in this place on a Sunday is 1% of Christianity when we have made it into 70%. 85, I don't know the exact numbers. That's just me guessing. 
We have made this the deal. It's all about Sundays. We're 99% of what we're supposed to do is outside of this building and not even planned by the, this is an official R-O-L-C-C. No, it's there serving the world. Luke 22, 24, verse 27, it's the same thing, but except it's from Luke instead of Matthew. He says, then they began, began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. That's a weird argument. I'm better than you. <laughs> anything you can do, I can do better. Right? I can't do anything better. No, you can't. Yes, I Who argues like that? Who, like, really, like, that's like, I think we're smart enough to know that that is a lame argument. I think, I think we are intelligent enough to know that that is a uh, childish argument. Well, I'm better than you. And so we don't go around arguing like that. Maybe we do. But how many of you guys argue like that in your head? Why is he preaching? Why are they on worship? Why, why did they get to ush? Why did they get chosen for the missions team? I sing better than them. I look, I'm taller. I dress better. I, I'm smarter. I don't know what. We might not argue like that because we know not to do that because it looks bad. But we do it in our head. Why they? Why do? Why they? I've been here longer. Jesus told them in this world, the kings and great men lorded over their people. They're called benefactors of the people or friends of the people but among you it will be different once again among you it will be different those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank and the leader should be like a servant who's more important the one who sits at the table or the one who serves the one who sits at the table of course but not in here for I am among you as one who serves heart of a servant is a leadership quality that has been looked over. The heart of meekness in a person. That there's no smugness. There's, you're not trying to make yourself look good. You're just trying, you know, no pretentiousness. Remember uh, the Seven Mountains teaching? You guys remember the Seven Mountains teaching? How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Seven I believe in the Seven Mountains teaching. I don't always believe in how it is taught, but I believe in it. I don't even remember all this. <laughs> There's entertainment. There is government. There is education. There is family. There help me out. Help me out. Media. media. Isn't it, was that entertainment and media? Business, marketplace, and then the religion, which I'm in the world of religion. So the, the seven mountains. And sometimes it's taught like this. There are seven mountains. We are called to rule the mountains. So we will rise up and take over the world. Ah, let's go. And everyone's like, ah, come for prayer. If you're in this mountain, come here. If you're in this mountain, come here. If you're in this mountain, come here. And people run to their mountain. And they run out to take over. I believe in the seven mountains, but sometimes I don't believe in how it's taught. I don't believe that we're supposed to go into the mountains and take over. I do believe we're supposed to go into the mountains and have some type of influence. But I believe if you want to influence a mountain, then you go and you serve your stinking little Chinese Christian butt off in that mountain. Or if you're not Chinese, whatever you are. In my case, it's Vietnamese. You want influence, you become a servant. You serve, you're meek. We're not coming to take over, we're coming to serve. We're coming to serve and preserve. Jesus said this, and Right after he teaches the Beatitudes, 
He says, you're the salt. You're the salt of the earth. He says, if salt loses its flavor, it's good for nothing. We know that salt, you guys have been, for those who have been Christians for a long time, you all know. Well, salt is for flavor, and salt preserves meat. Back in the day, they, they had meat, and, and they didn't want the meat to go bad, so they put salt on it, and it would last longer. I can't wait to move to Oregon because one thing I don't have here because I don't have a garage is I don't have, I want a fridge in my garage that's filled with meat that I have killed. No, just kidding. I, I told my wife this week, I said, I don't know if I have in me to kill an animal, but we'll find out. But anyways, <laughs> I, I want, I, I want a, in, in this day and age, we have, we have that freezer in your garage and it's, who, who's, who's got a meat freezer? I know no one smokes meat? Come on. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Who has, who has a meat? Like, like, back in the day, they didn't have that. So salt preserves. And Jesus said, stay, what did he say? He said, stay salty. Keep the salt going. Salt is meant to be out there in the world to preserve. What does it mean to be, you know how it says when saltiness loses its flavor, what does it mean for, what is Jesus saying here? Because right before that, he talks about the Beatitudes. Blessed are, uh, I just talked, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are the merciful, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He, he talks, et cetera, et cetera, he talks about them. To lose your salt means that you've lost the Beatitudes in your life. You've lost being poor in spirit. You've lost meekness. You've, you've, you've lost it. You've, you've somehow become bitter or somehow taken another value that is contrary to what Jesus teaches, the be-attitudes. They're called be-attitudes because it is what you are. You be this. And the heart of a servant, is a servant is something you are. How many of you guys know there are people who can stack chairs without the heart of a servant? Right? Like, you've seen, have you guys seen these Christian memes about Christian girls likes, liking the guys who can carry all the chairs? Have you seen these memes? <laughs> That's not the heart of a servant. You're doing it for the lady. Look at all the chairs I can stack up. Because, you know, like, because a lot of times in the Christian church, we stack chairs. I don't know why. That's a thing. Because we need chairs. So we stack them. And the guy who can stack the most chairs gets the ladies. <laughs> they call me Solomon. Because <laughs> I get the ladies. Anyways, they don't. I love it when I preach and someone says, oh, wow. <laughs> We're going to come in for a landing, I promise. So we have a heart to serve. And I believe, I think there's going to be a day, the series, Serve the Church, and it's about serving in the church. And I believe that we are called to do that. Thank you uh, for everyone who serves in the church, who, whether you're on worship, whether you do sound and you get my emails with my scriptures, that by the time I preach, it's half different scriptures. I'm sorry. I Thank you for the sound people. Thank you for the ushers and for those who are unseen, for the hospitality. Is there a hospitality? Do we have a hospitality team? Wow. For the hospitality team. Thank you for those who serve within the church. But I do believe that you can serve. You do. And gosh, this is almost, I'm, I don't know if I should say this because people might quit their positions. I'm still up there. Because people might quit their position. Uh, but how many guys, there's some people you're not called to serve in the church because if you served in the church, you wouldn't have time to bring people early to service. And the, the, some people that your time, maybe you have, it, and so I know some people feel guilty because I don't serve in the church because I don't have, it's okay, you serve your family, you serve out the door, you do other things. You don't, gosh, this, you don't have to be on the dream team to fulfill your destiny. Who did I just set free? There'll be another sermon in a couple days about serving. It'll balance what I'm saying.
But you don't have to be a part of the dream team to fulfill your destiny. I w I've been to church growth conferences, and, and late the, the trend is the goal is to get people on the dream team because if they get on the dream team, then they will give money. 80% of the tithers are on the dream team. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be a part of they turned off my mic. No, <laughs> you don't have to be part of the dream team to fulfill. No, it's good to serve. I've, I have done, my first, I've done sound. I have ushed. I have changed. I have taught children's ministry. I have changed diapers. I have been on worship team I, until the prophet told me that's not my gift. I have done <laughs> Somewhere in the back of the church, I could have told you that. You don't need a prophet. I've done it. I, I've served all over the church, and then I've served outside. the. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be a part of the dream team to fill your destiny. You don't have to be part of the dream team to be part of the cool crowd. You don't have to be part of the dream team to be in. You, you, you don't have to. It's okay. If you do, make sure you have a heart of a servant. You're serving not to be seen, but you're serving because you just want this place to be better. Amen. And so my thing is to serve the law. We can serve outside of this building, which is 90%. What did I say earlier? 80%? 99? I, I, I put the bar lower. You, we're called to serve outside. We're called to be salt outside. The abundance of your destiny is to be outside in the world. I... You know, in the church, it's funny, I, I, I've picked up cool habits in the church. Whenever there's, and gosh, there's a lot of people here, so I, I don't know who's new or who's not new. But when the church was smaller, whenever there was someone new, I, I, oh, I, I, oh. I, I know some people, of you, some of you guys have that. Oh, hey, welcome, welcome. You're, so, you're just so happy that there's another person here, right? <laughs> welcome. Oh, what's your name? But you're, you're really interested. What's your name? And plus, you want to make them feel comfortable and welcome oh how's it going are you part of a cell like can i what can i welcome you want and you do it because you want them to feel welcome in the church how many people are like that all right you really need the sermon then <laughs> and i'm better than you because you're not like that just kidding all right and so there's right and so that's how i've, I've picked this up i picked that up in church you know, oh whenever there's a new person there's oh hey and it's weird because it doesn't stay in church. So I'll be in my jujitsu class, and there'll be a brand new person walk in, brand new, never done jujitsu in their life, don't even know how to tie their belts. And I'm like, oh, I know how that feels. You feel so foreign. It's intimidating because everyone else is going to kill you, and you feel like, uh, and so because I have been trained in church, when no one wants to partner with you because you want to partner with someone who knows what they're doing, I'll be like, hey, what's up? You got a partner? I'll be your partner. Let's do this, yay. And I'll just talk to them. I'll be like, hey, so why jujitsu? Why did you? It, it's, it's translated. It's brought out there. And I'm like, hey. And then I'll give them little tips while we're drilling. Hey, this is, you should do this. And then at the end, when we spar, I just kill them. <laughs> and, then I, and then as they wake up from being unconscious, I whisper in their ear, welcome to jujitsu. And because I've been so kind, they come back the next week. <laughs> it translates. That's what I'm trying to say. It translates outside. It, 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 the things, how we serve, especially if you serve on church, you, it translates to your job. You can't be like super spiritual and be like, you know what? Well, I totally serve in church, but my job is not that important because it's not spiritual. It's spiritual. Amen. If you're always calling in sick because you have some type of a church event to go to, how many of you guys know that is, you're not giving God a good name? You serve. We are servants. Let me read this scripture, last scripture, and then I'll tell a story and we end. My divine love, friends, 1 Peter 2.11, I'm reading of the Passion Translation. My divinely loved friends, since you are resident aliens and foreigners in this world, like it says, you are resident aliens and foreigners, meaning you don't belong here. 
it will not be the same way among you. You do things differently. You are foreigners in this world. Your values are not the same. Your values are not earthly values. They are heavenly values. They are not Republican values or Democrat values. They are heavenly values. They are not socialist values or capitalist values. They are heavenly values. We are of heaven. We are of the kingdom of heaven. We are of God. We are of Christ. Jesus is the way, and what he taught is the way. These are our values. This is what makes me stick out. This. You are not of this world. He says, I appeal to you, divorce yourselves from the evil desires that wage war within you. These evil desires, desires to be seen, to be glorified, to be exalted, to, to step on others, to have your, these evil desires. He says, then he says this, live honorable lives as you mix with unbelievers. Live honorable lives as you mix, as you engage society as servants. As you go into your mountain, whatever that mountain may be, I have the eighth and ninth mountain recently. That is the mountain of jujitsu and the mountain of skateboarding. <laughs> I've not skated. I'm, I'm old. I've not skated in, in, in years. But lately, because of this church I'm going to and this Bible study, I take Jubilee now twice a week to the skate park in the mornings. That's her. We homeschool. That's her PE. I'm her PE teacher. And I skate. I'm getting back in. I'm trying. I'm old. I do it to serve. As you mix with unbelievers, as you run into your mountain to serve in a, in a righteous way, even though they accuse you of being evildoers, why will they accuse you of being an evildoer? They will accuse you of being an evildoer because you have a higher standard of morality than they do. That does not make you better than they are. Because you once were lost too. You just have a higher standard of morality because you live according to heaven, not earth. And when you begin to live according to your standards and you begin to say, hey, no, that's wrong. Or no, I, I believe that is sinful. Or no, no, I, I don't believe in that. They will speak of you as evildoers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven they will speak of you and let me tell you what is a disservice to the world you think you're serving the world by beginning to agree with them but really you do it because you want to be accepted by them it is a disservice to the world. But the Bible says they will speak of you as evildoers, even though they accuse you of evildoers, they will see your beautiful works and have reason to glorify God in the day he visits us. In another translation, it says they'll have reason to glorify God on the day of judgment. So even though they might disagree with you morally, they will see a servant's heart and the way you serve your community and the goodness of God in you by the way you live. The Bible says on the day that God judges us, they will glorify God. Who's going to glorify God on the day he judges us? Believers are going to glorify God, meaning because you have served and even though they don't agree with what you said, they can't deny that there's something good in you because of the way you are and the way you live. And eventually, for some of them, it will lead them to God. Amen. I'll end with a story. I, was, I have two lunches this past week. I have two lunches. One lunch was with my old friend, Pastor Kayvon. Some of you guys know Pastor Kayvon. He was, we were youth pastors together. Not together, but at the same time. And, we were, and one lunch was with uh, an, an elderly 
Caucasian couple from Pennsylvania. Now, the first lunch I had was with Kayvon. He wanted to take me out because I was going to go to Oregon. He just wants to hang out, hang, catch up. And so I asked him how he's doing. He's like, I'm doing really good. He's been doing work with the Afghan community. They've been setting up uh, English lessons for people. He's been helping them write resumes. Why? Because the government's not doing it. They say they're doing it, and there's the programs for it, but they don't call you back. What's happening? So Kayvon's, not Kayvon, he said, but I can't do it alone, and not one church can do it. All the church have, churches have to come together. So he's getting all the churches. He's doing training. Here's how you can help. He's, help, he's, he's helping in a, a big level, and he's also helping in an individual level with families. He's meeting with families. He's sending food to Afghanistan to the people who couldn't come here. He's helping people get jobs. He's doing a great, he, he's serving. That's what he's serving. That's what he's doing. He's serving the foreigner. The, 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 remember the, 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 the three the widow, the orphan, the foreigner. God's, he's serving the foreigner. And I was like, man, all I do is talk in church. <sighs> I was like, you're doing the good stuff. So I was a little jealous. Not, not like a, I was a little like, man, when you get to heaven, you're going to get like, the, you're going to have all the dope jewels in your crown. That's what I was thinking, kind of. I think he gets to do the cool stuff. I just talk. But it was rad. I was so stoked on what he's doing. There's such an opportunity right now to serve the lost. I was so, I was so happy with what he's doing. That's my first lunch. My second lunch, my mom called me. And said, hey, are you free on Thursday? I said, no, I'm not free. I have jujitsu. I'm serious about my duty. I don't like to miss it. I'm on a mission to break necks and to get healthy. That's my mission. I don't like. But my mom said, hey, I, I want, she said that we have lunch with some special people. So really who? When my parents first came to America in 1975, I was born on the refugee camp. You couldn't, how they did it back then was this. You couldn't, you had to get a sponsor in order for you to leave the refugee camp. And once you get a sponsor, you left the refugee camp, you lived in their home. And they would help you get jobs, they'd help you get on your feet. It was like the government entrusted it unto people to do this. And so there was this family, and they sponsored my whole family. This me, or not, my, as a baby, my parents, my cousins, they lived in the home. They, my, they taught them English. They taught my mom how to make spaghetti, and to this day, my mom's spaghetti is the best. They, 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 taught, they got them jobs. They got them on their feet. And in six months' time, around six months' time, my parents are like, it's time to move. And then they moved to New York where it was too cold. Then they would say, let's try Texas. They moved to Texas where it was too hot. And then they're like, let's try San Jose. And they moved to San Jose where it was just baby bear. Just right. And they've stayed here ever since. So my mom is like, the, the couple that sponsored us, they're in town. We've not seen them since the 70s. They want to meet that baby. I said, did you tell them that baby's a man now? <laughs> so I met with this couple. We had lunch. It was the best lunch. They're in their 70s now. And they kept on saying this. This is what they kept on saying. Thank you so much. They, like they're saying this to my parents and to me. Thank you so much. You have done so much for us. What? No, 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 no. Thank you. Oh, and by the way, the, this couple, it, they were, it was their church had a program. They're like, hey, how many people here want to? You know, and they would bring my parents to church. It was, this, it was this Presbyterian church in Pennsylvania. And they're like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. 
they had given, they had served us. They, they had taken people off the street with no money, had nowhere to go. They helped us to get, a, they started us on our life in America. This is what it means to serve the law. This is what it means. It's not to judge and condemn a people of another religion. It is to serve them and to give of yourself unto them. And they, this is what they did for us. And I was like, no, thank you. What are you talking about? No, thank you. And then at the end when we left, the, 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 the husband, the older, he, he shook my hand. And he, he knows I'm a pastor now. So he was like, I am so happy that you're doing what you're doing. And I was like, all right. Yeah, it was like we knew. And then I got in my car and I wept. No, I didn't wear anything. <laughs> this is what happens when we serve. And sometimes, guys, you don't see the fruit right away. Sometimes years later, boom. That Afghan, Afghan refugee that you had, that baby that you, gosh, they could be the next Vietnamese person that speaks to Chinese people. Anyway, stand up. <laughs> and I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Just kidding. I'm going to say a prayer, and then we're going to worship, and then close service. Father, I thank you for everyone in this room, and I just ask you to open up your hearts to the Lord right now, and God, I thank you for the process that you take us through to become meek, and I pray that we would be known as a people who serve and that we would be hearts, or we would have hearts, because that would be weird if we were hearts, but that we would have hearts of servants. I pray that you'll take us through the process of the Beatitudes, that you'll take us through knowing that we need God, to mourning over our sins, to coming out meek, and even to becoming merciful, and hungering and thirsting for righteousness, and all of it. Lord, Holy Spirit, I thank you that it is your work, not the work of man, but the work of grace. I thank you, Lord, that you begin to purge any self-righteousness, self-confidence out of us so that our righteousness can be of God and our confidence can be of God. For we know that everything that we are and have and every good thing that we are and have and every blessing that we are and have is from the Lord. And I pray that we will always know this and never leave this so that even 30 years from now, we can still sing songs of grace and weep. That even 25 years from now, we can declare that I have been saved and weep. That even 40 years from now, if some of us are still alive and not with you, we can declare that Jesus is my Lord and weep and laugh with gratitude that we will never lose this. Because this is so good and so real. I love you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.